across the aisle. Yeah, they're coming to an understanding, even if it takes a while. She's liberal, he's conservative, but they're best friends. You know they'll figure it out in the end. Now hear me out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Now Hear Me Out. And I am Harriet Berholtz, and I'm here with my dad. Randy Berholtz. And we're so excited to be back, and we definitely wanted to jump on the sort of impeachment train in the sense that we really wanted to cover it. I mean, obviously, this is a politics-based podcast. We want to be up to the minute and uh, up to date with everything that's going on. We do have other episodes that we're currently working on editing to get up to you ASAP. Our last interview, which we have not released yet, is with the phenomenal June Cutter. You want to say a couple words about her so people know what to look forward to? June is a great... uh, uh Republican candidate for the California State Assembly. What I love about June, she's out of the box. She's she's an attorney, mom. Out and, of the box. Out and, of the box. And, 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 <laughs> I, I don't. I think I was too old for that, yeah. but that's okay. But but uh, but anyway. But but June is just a phenomenal person. But what I love about her though is she's fun. Is she's fun and funny, and and, and she's funny and smart, and she makes politics fun as. No, she's a badass. Honestly, I love her. I would totally be friends with her in real life. June, if you ever want to hang out, you have my number. Um, (laughs) And I'm so excited for you guys to hear more about it. She talks about, you know, um, having a career, going back to work, you know, after having a baby, kind of the, the, we talked extensively about the fact that, uh, you know, when men go into interviews who are politicians, nobody ever asks them, how do you do it all? Like, how do you balance work and being a dad? And moms get that all the time. So we kind of threw that question out the window, but yeah. People ask that of me all the time. Yes, of course. About? Yes. Every interview. Like, how do you how balance do you, being how do you a husband do it? and a father? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, the mom guilt and the shaming is real. But one thing that June's awesome, and this is the last thing I'll say before we, we get into what we're talking about today, but she's really learned how to harness the power of moms. Yep. And moms are a force to be reckoned with. If you want stuff Don't mess done, with moms. I mean, there's a reason, like, moms against drunk driving, um, which is mad. Uh, and then the moms against gun violence after the whole Sandy Hook stuff. Like, they don't mess with a mom on a mission, you know? So, June... We can't wait for you guys to hear that episode. But yeah, today, obviously, da, 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 we're talking about impeachment. No shock there. Oh. Yes. So we talked extensively about it last night. We don't agree, but we figured that we would talk to you guys, obviously, anyway, and give our perspective on everything and also give some kind of facts about what it means and, and just kind of talk about what it takes to be impeached because it feels like there's a lot of confusion going on out there right now. Some people seem to think, oh, he's going to be, he's been impeached. He's going to be removed from the White House. We're going to have a new president next week. And it's like, that's just not true. Um, and you obviously don't understand impeachment, but what do you want to say on that? Like, Why don't you let us know? Do you want to, do you want to talk a little bit, Harriet, about Yeah, that? I wanted uh, to talk about kind of in general kind of what impeachment is, what it means. So what it means now that Trump has just been impeached by the House. So just because he has been impeached by the House, it doesn't guarantee that he will be removed from office. It does, however, look pretty bad for him as he's only the third sitting president to ever be impeached. Uh, The decision as to whether or not he will be removed from office really lies in the hands of the U.S. Senate, the other half of the U.S. Congress, which will have to make this decision during a trial, which is set to take place in January. Uh, In the House of Representatives that has a Democratic majority, it was pretty evident that it was probably going to pass, right, you think? I mean, it's a Democratic majority. So. Yeah, uh, I think that the final tabulation was was uh, you know all Democrats except two. Yeah, one Democrat actually switched to become a Republican mid 
Impeachment uh, trial? Well, Mitch sort of. And uh, who was that? Yeah. Uh, well, I forget his name. I think okay. he's from West Virginia, but we can find that out yeah, for, yeah. for the next podcast. Yeah, and, and But a simple majority of votes from the Democrats was enough to get him yeah. impeached in the House, right? Yeah, and, um, you know, pretty much uh, voting was along party lines. Yeah, okay. And what do you mean by that? Uh, all the Democrats voted for him except two, and all the Republicans voted against impeachment. I think except Rep- Representative Duncan Hunter, who voted to abstain. How can you vote to abstain? Uh, well, well, he abstained, which means he didn't vote. Now, Duncan, I don't know what the <laughs> hell you just did. I mean, I know that you're, you know, you've pled guilty here, but why would you abstain? I don't get it. Uh, you know, maybe I'm missing something here. Was he forced to abstain, or was it selected? Because that's know, what we probably don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, so there could be a reason. You know, he may have abstained because he wanted to follow the uh, pure. A pure letter of the law on that one. So, but, meaning but what? well, meaning that because he was convicted, you know, he doesn't believe that he has the authority. And I respect to that. that. So, I mean, if, it, he, if he bowed out yeah. because he got caught with the whole, you know, <laughs> mistresses and, well, and turtles on private planes, which I still am very curious about. You ever want to come on and clear that up? Please let I, me I, know. I have no idea, but. <laughs> But, you know, so yeah. I'm not sure, okay. you know, but but thinking about it a little bit more, I, I think that's why he abstained. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So that does make sense. Yeah. Um, however, so moving on, basically two-thirds of the Senate will have to vote to remove President Trump from office. And so that means that 67 out of 100 senators must back the move. And since there's only 47 Democrats or independents in the Senate, that means that 20 Republicans would have to support the removal of President Trump from office, which is very unlikely to happen. This type of impeachment trial has only ever happened before to two other sitting presidents, uh, President Andrew Johnson and President Bill Clinton. Uh, it'll be a history-making moment in the Supreme Court's Chief Justice, John Roberts, who was actually nominated by the Republican president, G.W. Bush, uh, will sit as the judge for the trial. The 100 senators will act as Bush the jury. Bush too, right? Yeah, Bush George too. Bush. Right. Yeah, George W. Bush. Okay. Um, sorry, I say G.W. sounds yeah, better. G.W. Um, you know, he, he, he hangs with Ellen. He's cool. Um, <laughs> the 100 senators are going to act as the jury and watch as the case is kind of set forth for them regarding convicting Trump uh, of the two articles of impeachment. So five of these senators that are actually going to be voting are competing for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination. And that includes Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Senator Cory Booker, Senator Amy Klobuchar and Senator Michael Bennett. Uh, those who will be making the case for impeachment will be a team of Democratic congressmen picked by Nancy Pelosi, the Democratic House Speaker, and defending President Trump will be his lawyer. President Trump was in favor of having a longer trial where his supporters can kind of vehemently defend him and lay out his defense. And it was hoped that this would convince other people of his innocence across the country. He's obviously very big on reputation. And in my opinion, he's a little little, you know, he's into narcissistic. He's very into his appearance and what people think of him. And that matters to him. And I know that's true for a lot of people. That's not necessarily a bad. Um, some Republicans had lobbied for Democratic presidential hopeful Joe Biden and his son Hunter, the two men who Trump wanted the Ukraine to investigate to give. What are the two uh, uh, causes of action here or what the two, the two are, articles, of, articles impeachment? of impeachment, which the uh, which the House voted. There were two. Yeah, I think no, no, the, no, there, were, there were two. I think the uh, first one was that he used, you know, that he, he was alleged to have used his office uh, uh, to, uh, to uh, convince a foreign prime minister of to the, look into one of his political opponents. Well, and his yeah, son. to do an investigation into uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. And the second one, then I believe, was obstruction of justice. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things we just need to think oh, about. Oh, abuse of power yeah. um, was the kind of the main one. And then the secondary one was obstruction of Congress. Um, basically, 
It's based on his lack of cooperation with the House inquiry, including defying subpoenas for documents and testimony. He basically, that says that it violates the fundamental fairness and constitutionally mandated uh, due process, which obviously is the whole sort of uh, backbone of our legal system. So yeah, so those are the two. Um, what else do you want to touch on? Well, yeah, I'm going to say, I, I read an article in the Hill to, uh, Today Online about uh, the differences between the uh, the President Clinton impeachment hearings and trial and then this one for, for President Trump. And I guess, I mean, uh, some of the main differences, I believe, were really the, you know, the, 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 the criminal nature of both. I, I think with, with President Clinton, we were really talking about an obstruction of justice issue there. And the obstruction of justice, I believe, was into the uh, Monica Lewinsky event. And uh, What sort of obstruction of justice was, were they trying to charge him with, though? Um, I... I, I I think it was essentially a cover-up, and uh, and because he I know denied there was a, it, right? Yeah, That's I know there was another charge put in there, but but if you look at both of those hearings and the impeachment vote, um, what you'll find is that it, it you know both of them were were pretty much on partisan lines of the vote. Secondly, though, the the Clinton trial took a, a lot longer. It took five uh, than weeks. this one. Uh, this one was actually pretty short, and the hearings were. We're actually pretty short on this one. The, the uh, President Clinton uh, impeachment hearing and, and vote, um, uh, that occurred in his second term, and this is in President Trump's first term. So, you know, you know President Trump, I believe at least, will be the only uh, person, uh, the only sitting president who's ever run for, for re-election having been impeached. Which now, is a big deal. I mean, it's a it's a stain. That well, that's what they're saying. They're like it's a, it's a mark against him. I mean, to have this have happened. Because I mean, who had the majority when Bill Clinton was president? So the so the uh, the Republicans had the House okay. in the in in his second term for uh, for the period during the, during which the uh, impeachment happened. Okay. So Harriet and I probably differ on some of this. Look. You know, Obviously, I do not remember the Bill Clinton impeachment. I, no, what year was that? I, you know, I, I think you, it was like four. I, you were you were very young. Yeah, it was very little. Probably nineteen. So was, was he was elected in ninety two, so to ninety six, and then he was probably around ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, uh, I was busy with like you know Polly Pockets and American Girl dolls. Nothing wrong with that. It was age appropriate at right. that time. If you would have been interested <laughs> in, in the Bill Clinton scandal, yeah. then yeah. I would have worried. I would have been worried about my future, point. or I would have made a great politician. But you know, so just so we're. We're all aware. So, so look, impeachment has usually, you know, the impeachment of a president, like other sort of executive officers, is normally something that's done as, you know, as a, you know, as a procedure of last resort when there is is very serious, you know, you know, crime, crimes and misdemeanors and charges and the like. Now, one of the problems I have here, both as Republican but also as a citizen, is that are we going to now see impeachment votes and presidents be impeached, you know, whenever there is a different majority party in the House from the, you know, from the president in the White House. I hope that's not the case. I mean, there have been how many other sitting presidents, though, that have, where we haven't done that. So, I mean, this is only the third time. Yeah, but. It's proven it's not always presidential standpoint. Yeah. I would hope that this is not going to turn out now to just be something that's going to happen all the time. Because if it does... No, I mean, it's like a pissing contest. Well, well yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, and if it does, this is wasting our time. 
I, I, and look, as a, from a governmental standpoint, we got so many issues. And, and we announced the uh, president announced a trade agreement with China. He announced the, uh, the agreement with both Canada and Mexico. And, you know, so w- what's strange about all this is the, is the government is moving forward. I, I mean, uh, Representative, you know, so, you know, Speaker Nancy Pelosi actually came out and invited President Trump to give the State of the Union address in February. So it's I, I mean, you know, it's it's almost like, well, OK, so what are we supposed to do with this now? Are we so, you know, are we supposed to move the government forward when our president has been impeached? But as Harriet said, you know, it is very, very highly unlikely that that the Senate will vote to to remove President Trump. No, it's highly unlikely. However, very, though, very unlikely. there are and this is something my dad and I you know, disagree on and we talk about quite a bit is I don't believe in party loyalty as much as I think he does. In a sense, I think you should vote for a person, not a party. And so I think that if there are Republicans that uh, are in the um, that are in the Senate, that they they should speak out again against him personally. And I, I don't think it's a slap in the face or a disrespect to him or his office if you are of the same party and you disagree. If they personally. feel though that, it, I mean, Carrie, you know, I, I I I don't disagree with you in that. Oh, I don't disagree. So that means I agree. So, so <laughs> I don't disagree. He, so, he agrees. so a negative and a negative equals a positive. Yes. So let's just yeah. So so I do agree with you though that people should vote. You know, should vote. You know, based in, on how they feel individually. And, and look, you know, we can talk about political parties in the Constitution and political parties in print and practice for a long time. Yeah. You know, as you probably are, as you listeners are probably aware. You know, political parties don't appear in, you know, in the Constitution. They, they don't appear in the Declaration of Independence. I they, thought a two-party system was laid out within the Constitution. Uh, no. You no, sure? No, no, no. Okay. I, I mean, political parties, you know, you know, were not something that were contemplated, you know. But, but the, you know, the, the thing about politics any place is, is people join together, you know. No, you're of, right. Of the like, Constitution doesn't mention yeah, political yeah, parties. Yeah, yeah, of like-minded people. So, but this is a problem right now. You know, it's a problem with our democracy, I think, right now, is that, you know. Wow. Um, Sorry, let me just yeah. say real quick, because this is interesting to back up what you said. It's obviously, I didn't know this for sure, but I guess uh, the founders, Hamilton and George Washington, Jefferson, Adams, Washington, all these people um, that had support, you know, supported to with the ratification of the Constitution, they all believed that political parties were divisive, evil, and a threat to the new nation. Yeah. They believe that we are all Americans and we should be all a part of the same party. What's good for America? And I love that. Well, look, you know, I think as we mentioned on this show, I used to be a Democrat. You know, I supported, supported President Clinton. I actually voted for Joe Biden at one point uh, in a presidential, uh, you know, uh, primary. And, you know, I'm a Republican. I'm the, you know, I, I'm the secretary of the California State Republican Party. I'm, I'm a Republican activist. You know, we need to sometimes step, the adults in this country need to sometimes step back and think, should we have political parties? Are they important? Are they impeding democracy? And to be honest with you, when I see this impeachment vote, I'm I, I'm very concerned um, that that this is going to be how things go all the time. And, and you know what you're finding in California, for example, the second largest group of uh, voters is is the decline to state or the or the independent voters. Yeah. And, you, you know, there are even more decline to state than there are registered. Republicans, you know, in California. And I feel like a lot of them are saying too, like, and I agree with this, honestly, the party stuff is divisive and it's a distraction. Well, let's look at the Democratic Party right now. And, and, and look, when I was in the Democratic Party, 
you know, the Democratic Party still had a solid base of moderate to conservative Democrats. And they typically were people who were in unions or or people who who were in labor. Or back then, there were people in the South. I mean, the South used to be strongly Democratic. And the That's reason, interesting. Well, and the reason they were was because the party of Lincoln was the party that came in yeah. and took away a lot of their rights and their land. And it was the party of the North. So, so. However, though, the Republican Party today would look a heck of a lot different for Lincoln if he were to come now. Well, that's right. But, you know? but you, know, you, get, you have to think, though, too, the Democratic Party in the 60s with John F. Kennedy and with Lyndon Johnson and even, her, and even Hubert Humphrey, who was the who was the 1968 candidate, yeah. was just very different than today. And, oh, you know, so much different. They yeah. actually respected Well, I mean, everybody seemed like they respected each other. Well, you know, some people could say it was a, it was a white Protestant and Catholic boys club. I mean, that's where they all went to the same schools, and then they all had that. Incestuous. Well, but you know, at the same time, though, uh, you know, they they seem to like each other a little bit better, and they seem to get along. They respected each other. They didn't disrespect each other openly at debates. Yeah, and the way which we do now. I mean, think about it. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, what they used to be famous for for in the old days is 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 a senator would stand up and say, "Fellow senators." My honorable colleague from North Dakota is an honorable man, but he's got his facts wrong. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and it I was mean, sort of, it, it, it was nice. a little bit better. I, I mean, I mean. It's painful to watch some of these debates. Now, what oh, was the debate? I mean, not just the Democrats, but also, let's be real, the Republicans too. When was it Marco Rubio? Who was the one who was talking about somebody having small hands? Oh, and that, that took up that like was 20 minutes of the I debate. Mean, I mean, no, 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 it was Marco Rubio. No, 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 but, but Marco oh, but Rubio, Marco Rubio. No, no, Marco Rubio no. aimed it at President Trump. Really? Yeah, yeah. So there's like, but it's just like a barrage of yes. bullshit. That uh, so look, though, I mean, I, I mean, look, you know, like, let's cares? let's put it on the line here. You know, I'm a president. I'm a President Trump supporter. I'm a big supporter. But you, you know, we know. But but <laughs> well, but we've talked about it. You know, I do. I agree with with you know his mannerisms and the stuff he says. I don't. Well, and, this and, is something. And, that, yeah. And it's really the truth is the banter between you know both parties right now is. You know, it's it, it's it's really getting out of hand. And, and, and as a, a presidential candidate Andrew Yang said um, yeah. you know, last night during the debates, you know, Yang Gang hashtag twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a good one. You know, but but uh, what he pointed out was that Congress has a seventeen percent approval rating. The sad thing is impeachment. I don't see it getting any better. But but yeah. so, somebody had a comment. Uh, a journalist had a, had a comment uh, uh, today about. Uh, of impeachment hearings. For some Americans, the impeachment hearings are like background noise about putting a TV show on, about having desperate housewives on in the background while while America goes about and does its Christmas shopping. Yeah. I I mean, it's a shame when we get to that level. So let's look at it. So let's talk about about that. Seriously. And this is a conversation I've actively had this week with multiple people. I mean, I I talked to my dad about this the other day. I got into an argument, which I try my hardest not to do with people. She tries not to argue. I try not to argue. I realize nobody's, you know, mind's ever been changed in the comment section of Facebook. It's usually fruitless. Um, but basically this guy was bragging about the fact that he didn't vote. He said all politics was a distraction and there was no need to, to know what was going on politically in the country. And I think that's such 
crap. And especially, we're going to talk about this too later in the podcast, but with China, there are so many countries that wish they had our type of de- like democratic system where you could go and vote and where you had a say. There are so many people that have died for our right to for freedom and to vote. And liberty. And liberty. And, you know, and all of that, our pursuit of happiness, all of that. And to say you don't care or that voting doesn't matter or it's just not your thing, it's a slap in the face to everyone. You might as well step on the flag, personally. I think it's yeah, nonsense. I mean, I mean, in all honesty, you know... Some people say we should go back to the uh, to, to the days of royalty, where, where oh no, where, I don't want a monarchy. Where the best, you know, the days of monarchy, where where the, a good king is the best thing we could have, or queen. And some people say, you well, have no say in that, well, though. and some people say it should be communism, where again the individual has no say, no. or socialism, <laughs> where the individual has a little bit more say, but not like a not lot. really. But, but, you know, one of the things I think, I think you know, our, our listeners have to realize and just, you know, Americans in general is that we have a participatory democracy. You know, um, uh, de Tocqueville back in, the, in, 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 I guess, the mid-1800s actually, uh, you know, talked about how America was unique. He spent, I don't know, he spent nine months here or something touring the country. And he said that America had more participatory democratic institutions than any place in the world. But the one thing he said was there are so many, even at that time, that you, you can't keep them straight. But but the one thing about our system of government is you really do have to be attentive to it. Because if you're not attentive to it, and if you don't understand the process, you'll get apathetic. And the problem yeah, is- Yeah, I mean, that's not what you want. Apathy is good for those minority parties that want to come in and take over. Some people could say, and Harry, I'm not saying about you, but some people could say the Democratic Party has been taken over by the left, by the extreme left. And some people could say that the Republican Party has been taken over by the extreme right. So so where are, what does that mean for the rest of us? And I was thinking about this today because, look, you know, I, I came from the extreme working class, you know, in Pennsylvania. And, and sorry, just the word extreme. It makes me feel like well, you're a superhero. Well, I mean, I mean I, maybe I'm a superhero. How do you know? Well, Coal would, mining a superhero. What would I be? Where's my cape? But, you know, but, you know, those like uh, Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan. Those are some of the main states today that are really trying to decide who they want. And, and you know, people, what do you mean? Like who they want to be in terms of their well, well, Republican or Democrat? Yeah. Fellow senators, ma, and their party preference. And who do they want for president? And it's it's very interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, if you take that strategic step back and you just look at this whole process right now, President Trump has produced jobs for the country. And so his whole thing is, you know, even with climate change, for example, he's like, do you want to spend 24 or how many trillions of dollars on radical, you know, extreme measures on climate change, uh, President Trump? Or do you want to have jobs? The truth of it... It doesn't have to be either or, though. Well, this is the whole thing. But, you know, some people... Presenting it like that's something. Well, presidential candidates, I think, see it like that. And and so this... Well, you take from this... You take from the... You know, if some people don't have and some people have a lot, what you do then is you take from the people who have a lot and you give to the people who don't have a lot. A little Robin Hoodie. Well, that's called redistribution of wealth. Yeah. And in a way, that's what the tax system is. I, I mean, if you would think of a, you know, I don't know what's called fair, but for me, it's fair. You know, if we had a tax system that just said, okay, we got 330 million people in the country. Here's our here's our budget for the next year. Yeah. Let's divide that amount by 330 million. Well, Andrew million. Yang kind of touched on that with the, um, what is that called? The the minimum income, like wealth distribution yeah. he wants to give everyone. I think it's like a great Yeah, and, and, and you know, some of these policies have been. 
going around the economic circles for a bit. And, you know, the truth is I am not wedded to any policy, but I see the, the, the one that I see that works right now is capitalism. But capitalism that keep, you know, that that does something about monopolies, but that does provide, I'm not going to say a social safety net, but either provides education or some place where people are not suffering. Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about this um, today, like, you know, there's certain aspects, obviously, of uh, being an independent that we talked about where they right. think people should just, the government should just be as removed as possible, people should have, people should have as much liberty as possible, um, but at the same time, it need they don't it doesn't really touch on taking care of the poor and you know what to do it's kind of like an everybody for themselves kind of deal like we're hands off we're not going to intervene if someone is you know below the poverty line or suffering and I don't think that's okay either something my dad and I touched on too is that and this, I mean I feel like this person I think it's insane that we view corporations as people in the eyes of the law and I also think that not taxing things like churches is you know a little bit insane like there was a big article that came out recently about some sort of hundred billion dollar tax scandal with the mormon church like these churches are making so much money some of these pastors but it's are like universities so too money. i mean no, I, oh no I i'm saying the same like i, I think no, we should no. tax universities. i think we should tax all of these people but i think it's crazy to have these people that have exceptions yeah. you know why it's not fair that some people are bleeding with taxes like the middle class, like we talked about with June Cutter, but while, you know, Trump and his buddies that are insanely wealthy get all these tax breaks. I don't think that's okay. But I guess as I'm pointing out to what you and I have uh, of the 10 remaining, I think there are 10 remaining uh, Republican, I'm sorry, Democratic uh, presidential contenders, three of them are billionaires. So, so. No, I know, but I mean, like, it's not, I I don't think anyone should, anyone who's a billionaire should be getting crazy tax breaks. But you know, Howard, what, but no, what did yeah, we talk on. about today? So I wanted before I forget, yeah. we were talking about it, and you're like, don't don't forget that. That was a good oh, one. God, that? Um, so something that I wanted to talk about, and this is a kind of a comparison that we made, is about how a lot of people say, you know, I love God, I have a relationship with God. Um, oh, so yeah, oh, this is topic two then. So so how do no, you? No, no, I mean this kind of relates to part of the same. You know, this this relates to this okay. too about um, we were talking about the two political parties and sure. if we should even have two political parties and everything like that. And I think that people talk about God and their relationship with God, and they want to take the the religion out of God. They want to take the church out of God because people kind of in their sense, they everyone's relationship with God is going to be different or in the universe, whatever you want to call it. You know, you might feel God when you're out in nature going for a hike. Maybe maybe you feel it in church, but everyone's relationship is so different and kind of the religiousness of and the churchy aspect of, you know, your relationship to God's kind of tainted things in a sense and it's made it not not as great. And I think in the sense that your relationship to politics and and government and how you view certain things, the political party can kind of be described as the same. In a sense, these these political these labels we're slapping on this Democrat, Republican, it just seeks to further divide us. And we should be caring about politics as a whole and not get so wrapped up in our political parties. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a very good point. I explained and, and, that earlier better, so I apologize. No, I'm no, a it's a very tired. good point. No, no, no. Look, and, and, and you know, you know, one of the things, you know, maybe this is topic two here, just, you know, political parties, the role and, and you know, what is the role of the, of the individual citizen and the party and government moving forward? And what Harriet was really getting at here was in an age of social media, in an age of, you know, the web and being able to do transactions quickly, being able to maybe vote quickly. Yeah. And, and, you know, should we take the politics out of government? That's what I meant. There we go. (laughs) And and should we be able to 
do we need to have this intermediate body in the middle of, you know, a, a citizen's relationship with government? And, you know, if you think about a political party, what a political party really is, it's an organization of individuals who have a similar or sa- a same or similar political philosophy about how they believe government should be. And so one of the things I, I'd encourage you, I'd encourage Harriet and me, and, and, you know, all citizens really need to keep thinking about this, is that the system that we created is, is a framework, and it is a framework within which we have chosen to do government, like the checks mm-hmm. and balances and, 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 you know, and the three branches of government. And, and, you know, but, but within that framework, there's, there's a lot of leeway there as to how do we think we should, you know, how do we think we should govern? And, you know, you know even, even within my Republican Party, you know, we, we have a lot of differences, you know, differences of opinion. Like, for example, Senator Rand Paul is very much what they call... He's a fun guy. I um, like him. <laughs> well, he's a libertarian. Yeah. And so, you know, I look at Rand Paul as one thing a pain in the butt, but at the <laughs> same time, he keeps reminding us that liberty and freedom is such an important part of our process. Yeah. And once you lose them, they could be gone forever. And so Rand like Paul, you, you know, if you want to come on the show, we'd love to have you. Please, Rand. Yeah. You know, you're one letter away from Randy. That's right, you are. That's, that's very good. We should, you know, we, we, we should, should brand that. We should brand that somehow. One letter away from right? I like that. One letter away from perfection. No. I like that. But you know, but 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 this is something we all need to think about. So, all of you listeners, the fact that you're listening to us for at least an hour, maybe once or twice a week, well, twenty minutes, whatever it is, you can manage at a time. Tells us that you are interested and in, you care. in politics, and you care. You want to be informed. And and the thing that all governmental people should do in the United States is, is, is encourage your participation. When somebody mm-hmm. steps up, the last thing we want to do is to say, no, you're not doing it this way or the like, you know, you know, what do you know? The truthfulness about, you know, the reason why I think immigration is so important, you know, is that we want to have full informed participation by every citizen in the United States. Yep. I mean, we need that, you know, we need that for future generations, because if you don't have somebody in this game or understand the rules, you'd be surprised how how the basis of our government can be taken away from us. And and, and sometimes when you even don't know it, it's, it's like one of the reasons that the American Civil Liberties Union came into being was because American Civil Liberties Union really focused on some of these, you know, some of these points, like, for example, for years, the American Civil Liberties Union used to represent groups like the Klan, uh, groups like the uh, so uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Well, well, but but and the Nazis and and what they used to do, they said that hey, look, everybody has the right to speak. So, no, and this is something I've gotten into arguments with my my friends who are lawyers about this, and the ones who are the I guess the the pure lawyers, the the law purists, have said that they would take on the case of the Westboro Baptist Church, even if you know they're vile, horrible people with awful beliefs. Um, I mean, they protested at Carrie Underwood concert. I'm the biggest Carrie Underwood concert or fan ever. Don't diss Carrie. Don't diss Carrie. Leave but they Carrie stood alone. Out, yeah, they stood outside of her concert and said she was the reason for. Um, Hurricane was it Sandy, and uh, they said because she she believed that homosexuality or she supported it. So these people are nuts. But apparently, you know, they have a right to say what they want without having their freedom of speech in you know yeah. infringed upon. So, yeah, so so what the point is is that in America, because we have freedom, 
you you get to choose. And I know it's hard so you to choose your own adventure novel. Well, I, I know it's hard to form a third party sometimes, but that's how third parties have party of fun. Formed. Let's do that. Yeah, the fun, the, the fun positive, party. The, the positive, positive party. party. I have that trademark. Though, <laughs> I have the positive party. Don't think party. about stealing that, anybody. No, I have the domain. And so you, you can't get that. But, <laughs> but in all honesty, though, we all need to can't think about this. every individual and, and every family needs to think, what is your political philosophy? And, and, and we're well, going to have sh- differing ones within a family. No, no, I agree. And, and you know. Uh, Obviously. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, people need to think about that. You know, what is the role of the citizens of the state? What is the role of government? What is the role of political parties? I mean, because it's important to have, one, it's important, as we said, the participation, but two, it's important to understand what your choices are. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also important to understand, you know, how you take that, that, that choice and how do you affect political change? You know, I've spent a lot of time the last 20 years knocking on doors, you know, calling people, writing, you know, writing social media, you know, running for office, helping people run for office, contributing, you know, to political campaigns. I know I got a bunch of people out there asking me for money right now. (laughs) I'll get to it. I promise you before the end of the year, I'll get to it. Oh my God. Some people are ruthless, but that's, that's what you got to be. It's about money though. Yeah. So, Let's finish this segment, yeah. though, and just saying, hey, hey, look, you, you know, we're pointing our fingers through the, I guess, through the oh, audio yeah. here <laughs> to you and saying, what's your political philosophy? It's more like we're that emoji with like the hands up, like a, like a question rather than a finger point, which feels. I'm more like that aggressive. Uncle Sam guy who was in World War I saying. Are you, you know, We're going to be dressed what, up as Uncle Sam and Lady Liberty at an are. upcoming event, which we will link on both of our Facebooks, by the way, too, and we'll link in our podcast description down below. So Republican Party get together in February. We are going to be there. Come, come to us. Get a picture taken with Lady Liberty and uh, Uncle Sam. And you know we're, we're going to try to do the uh, same thing with the Democratic Party. Why are we doing it? You might get to the, meet a French bulldog. So you know, maybe you know, dressed up as we're not sure what he's going to be. Maybe dressed up as George Washington. Flag, I'm not sure what know. that's we'll going to be. But, <laughs> but anyway, so but yeah, our third topic now then. Second, third topic. Well, second, third topic. We want to talk about the debates, right? The uh, the recent Democratic debate at 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 LMU, Loyola Marymount University. Yes. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. So 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 seven candidates made the, made the cut. Raised enough uh, money to be able to participate. Well, it, it, uh, I guess there are two factors. One yeah. is raising enough money, and then and then secondly is is of uh, what was it the uh, the amount of the vote you got in certain surveys? I, I think yes. that was the cutoff. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. There are two qualifiers. I, yeah. So, so my understanding. So it's it's uh, it's uh, former senator, former Vice President Joe Biden. It's uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Cory uh, Booker was not there, no, right? Senator, no. was it? Klobuchar, Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar, Amy Klobuchar. Uh, Mayor Pete. Buttigieg. Buttigieg of uh, South Bend, Indiana. And Bernie Sanders as well, right? Uh, and uh, Andrew, businessman Andrew Yang. Yang. And, you know, but, but sometimes watching highlights of a Democratic debate is like That's watching, enough for me. Well, but it's like watching, what's the... Uh, NFL red zone. If any yeah. any NFL fans out there like me, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a Green Bay Packer fan, so I'm out there watching red zone. But I'll tell you, I have to go to sleep after I watch red zone. because it, It's like you're watching eight games at a time and it's touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It's sort of like watching the, the Democratic debates. But, you know, overall with the Democratic debates, it seemed like uh, it seemed like this was a little bit more cordial. I guess there was... Uh, between Senator Elizabeth uh, Warren and then uh, Buttigieg, that was the whole thing. Mayor Pete Buttigieg, uh, and 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 it seemed like that was really focused on. They've been sniping at each other for a while, 
that kind of came to a nasty head. Uh, but and you know, Kane got in there. And yeah. <laughs> but you know, Senator Warren. Uh, I mean, you know, st- stop pitting people against each other. I, I mean, I mean, all honesty. I, I mean, look. Uh, uh, the mayor is young. He's 37 years old. Yeah, he, you know, you know, I was up in Silicon Valley this week and uh, I talked with a couple of Road Scar buddies of mine and they're all so, uh, supporting and raising money for the mayor and that. And, and look, Pete? he's, yeah, huh. uh, raising money for, uh, for Mayor Pete. But, you know, uh, you know. My so, friend Daniel Lupin, whom I went to uh, Bishops with for high school, he actually works for Mayor Pete. Oh, so cool. pretty cool. <laughs> and it's it, it, it seeming like Mayor Pete is, 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 you know, the, the intellectuals of the party, you know, the, the sort of the, the road scholar, you know, you know, richer part of the party, I think is always trying to find an intellectual candidate. Who's going to be the smartest person in the office for the yeah. office? I, I think Elizabeth Warren uh, has been probably their candidate for a while. Amy Klobuchar has also been that person for a while. Uh, I like Amy Klobuchar. I have to say, I do like her. Yeah, you know, but but you know, part of it is she she keeps coming as, as the middle of the road, and and you know, who does Amy Klobuchar? Yeah, but like I mean, she tries to be the uniter, but she, not she's just, really. She's she's taken on Mayor Pete. She just does it in a way that's more eloquent. Oh, okay. You know, I, I like her. I, I don't know Elizabeth Warren though. I mean, I mean, I just don't like Elizabeth Warren. I mean, Senator I know that Warren that's not though. Right. I mean, I mean, you know. Senator Warren keeps talking about, well, you're a billionaire, you're a millionaire. I don't know how I became a millionaire. I mean, it's like Elizabeth Warren, you're, you know, you're a Harvard educated person. I know you had a hard background. Yeah, I, had, I mean, she came from. I had a hard you background. You talk about, you know. You and you know it. what? I get it. I get it. But you know, you know, tell us more about your program. And the problem is, you've got this Medicare for All program that's going to cost trillions of dollars. And you know what? You just got to talk about more. And you know, if you're going to attack. Just, you know, do it Do it in a Joe Biden type of way. Yeah, like in a way that's not I mean, outright nasty. You know, what you said about Joe Biden was just, which, which it, you know, when she came out and she said, you know, I'd like to thank President Obama. Yeah, that was someone. ridiculous. That was, he worked I mean, hard for her. He campaigned for her. Ridiculous. He went out and got stuff done on her behalf because he believed in her. And to say, oh, well, I owe that to Obama, I think that's disgusting and that's a slap in the yeah, face. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of hers. But I guess say so, you know. What she said to Buttigieg about the whole, like, oh, you did fundraising up in Napa. Are you beholden to in the a interests wine of wealthy you, you people? Know, you know, Elizabeth Warren, you're hanging Give out. Give me a break. As a politician, my dad knows you get money where you can. Not in, a, yeah. not, not in a gross yeah. way. But like, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know I, what I mean? <laughs> we won't go into some of those. But you, you know, Elizabeth Warren, cut it out. His Just, big money influence. I mean, He's trying to get fun Cut right it thing, out. You know? You're part of the intellectual elite. You're part of the Harvard crowd. Just cut it out. Move on. Stop, you know, all these candidates right now. I mean, if you look, I think we had six white people and, and one. There's one minority. One Asian and Andrew American Day. now. So, okay, I get it. But you know what? All you candidates, the only person who I think, well... I wish Kamala would have been there, honestly, you know, like, and Cory Booker. You know, uh, the only person who I think is really coming across as presidential is Joe Biden. Yeah. And Joe Biden has experience doing that. And, and I like Bernie, too. Yeah. I think Bernie's guy. He's know, a bit but, disheveled, but, but I think he's a but, good guy. You know, but, but, you know, Senator Sanders, you know, the one problem is... You started out from a small group of people. You are dedicated. You are a dedicated socialist. That's what that's what we you said you are. But the way in which people say that, they're like socialist sounds so accusatory. 
you know. Yeah, dirty. but you know, but but he really he he seriously though. If you look at what he's what he's talking about, like redistribution of wealth, of wealth and and, yeah. bi- and big government programs. But they I don't are disagree more with him that people shouldn't be going broke trying to get an education. Like there are aspects. I, I don't agree think with. anybody disagrees with him on that. No, there he, are. He, he, there are. I mean, Mr. Well, Leventhal on the show the other day said that he doesn't think that a free education is is something yeah, that we should have. Well, oh yeah, I, I, he I, said no one should be entitled to a free education. Yeah, and. Uh, and he said you could call him Joe, so that's okay. I know, so, but I, I feel know. like it's politer to say No, it's, it's okay. It's okay. You do Joe. But, but you know, uh, but, you know, the whole thing is about, you know, can you have free education? I, you know, this whole thing about having free anything, somebody has to pay. There, there's a cost for something. So, so look, you know, but, but um, uh, Senator Sanders, you know, I'm not sure you're going to get out of, you know, you're going to move beyond a certain level here unless you. He has a lot of support, though, and I know yeah. that my dad's not super active online as much as I am in the on sense. On the line. On the line, like they say in the intern. Um, Going out to you, Vince Vaughn. Yes. <laughs> but pretty much um, there's a lot of political activists and social activists in the African-American community in different um, ethnic groups. And he has a lot of support from a wide variety of people. He has a history, and I don't know if my dad is super familiar with this, but he he protested on behalf of you know African-American rights in the 70s. There are pictures of him being taken away in handcuffs for protesting for the rights of, of people of other of other skin colors, you know? If I remember, Bernie, you know, Bernie Sanders has been an independent, you know, he used to be an independent He's time, always so. been on the right side of history in the sense of what he stood up for, you know, uh, in terms of what he's, he literally put his body on the line. <laughs> on the on line. The See, line. full circle so here, full people. Circle, um, so. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things about Bernie, though, you know, is, in, in all honesty, well, one of, one of our dog looks like him. <laughs> but, you know, but, but at the same time, you know, unless he goes out and tries to get more Americans here. You what know? do you mean? Well, you know, he needs to go beyond his group. He has a solid grouping. He has a solid grouping of Bernie groupies. And, and Bernie's, you know, Bernie had to take I on I mean, a, he has so many kids, too, that you actually yeah, don't even realize, yeah. like, love him. Well, like, teenagers. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I'll say what the one thing is. The one thing that young people that I can see, Harry, is young people want people not to be hypocritical. They want people to take a, who candidates who take a stance. Like, I'm and pumped are, about this generation, yeah, to be honest. And, Below me. Yeah, Gen Z. And, 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 and who are... And who are true to that stance. And that's why Bernie Bernie Sanders has has people, you know, in his corner. He doesn't flip-flop. He's Let's very talk true. about Gen Z a little bit, Harriet. So, so no, I, I got into this with somebody. I'm glad that you're saying that, you know, because I'll be honest, my generation, you know. Oh, I'm they a, do not like us millennials. Well, well <laughs> I'm a late, I'm a late bloomer. So I was born in 1961. You mean so. boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip. Maybe maybe I'm a late bloomer. Maybe maybe people my age shouldn't be having terms. Oh my god, put that one down. You know, maybe that was a Freudian slip. I don't know. Maybe I'm a late bloomer, so I'm a boomer. But sorry, this is this is what we do on the show. We (laughs) yes, he's both. We showcase the ages, not as old as Bernie Sanders, though. I mean, you've seen no God, no. You've seen the whole though, like oh, okay, boomer trending. I was just trying to explain that to my dad and stuff. But yeah, there is a lot of disdain, and my husband actually showed me the funniest thing today, um, where it was talking about the boomer generation saying, oh, millennials, you know, all their 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 nonsense, and they they're so liberal and they don't get anything done. And then they played a, a recording of an older woman calling her grandson, saying, honey. Uh, just want to let you know you need to call your grandpa ASAP because he's getting questions about the computer and he doesn't know what to do. So it's like, you're fine. We need you. 
I mean, I, I taught my dad the other day how to drag and drop a document into a Google Drive. Here's, here's the truth. <laughs> you guys, need us. Anybody who's a boomer out there, even a, even a late a later. A late boomer. bloomer and a late boomer. <laughs> <laughs> late boomers. Here's the truth about it. You know, they don't know how much we need them, but they're, yeah. they're starting to catch on. Yes. <laughs> now, now, look, we're going to have to be nice to them because yes. pretty soon we're going to be you in the homes. Your technology. We're going to be in the homes and they're not going to show us how to use anything. Right. We're going to be sitting there looking at each other. So, 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 um, uh, point number one, you know, be nice, be nice to the millennials and then the millennials be nice to what's the it? Gen Z. Gen Z. And no, and this is one thing I wanted to touch on. And my dad is not going to be familiar with any of these terms because he's not really on I'm the lost. line as much. But uh, there's there's a term that's thrown around a lot, and it's a Visco girl. And so Visco... I have one, no idea what that yeah, is. Yeah, okay. So Visco is a photo editing app, and I guess uh, the younger generation, in a sense... Um, as young as I would say even 10 to 13 year old and this is girls um, they basically think it's it's old to have an Instagram profile so what they started doing was creating Visco profiles on this app and sh- and having friends follow them and stuff like that and you can't leave comments but you can like stuff but either way the term oh my god you're such a Visco girl is being thrown around left and right and Visco girls by nature carry around hydro flasks they wear save the turtles t-shirts they wear puka necklaces and they care about the environment and they wear scrunchies and they're kind of those girls that like go with the trends and stuff but just the fact that that is a stereotype people who care about the environment and reducing waste and carrying around reusable water bottles and that's like a trending term I think that's awesome my husband has uh nephews and they told him uh when we saw them last Facebook's for old people like people like only old people use Facebook and it was hilarious and I'm like oh my god I'm so old because I remember when I was in eighth grade I Facebook kind of kind of just become a thing and I was so pumped to get one I was very excited my husband was the first generation of people to get a Facebook because it it was just for college students when it came out. But anyway, um, I... The Facebook. The right. Facebook, as my dad will call it at times. But no, I, I think, and, and, and this is another thing too, I'm in marketing and e-commerce and stuff like that. And this is, is a generation where people are going back to shopping in the stores. These, this is a generation where they... Oh my God, we're, st- we're shopping in the, in the stores. Rather than That's online. so crazy. No, no, no. That was the whole thing. Don't you make fun. But no, it's a big deal. The people in our generation and boomers... Just like, keep, hey, older guys, bloomers and, and boomers out there, <laughs> keep your old stuff because it comes back again. Oh my again. God, in and, style and, you can sell and, it for megabucks. It's like Bernie Sanders. He was uncool for so many years and now he's now cool he's again. cool. You're so, going to get there eventually. Just stick with you it. You just got to wait around. <laughs> keep your old stuff. You know, it'll be worth something again. No, for sure. But... But no, I mean, and this is also a generation too that intentionally is putting down their phones when they're hanging out in group situations. It's cool to be present and not be constantly online like my generation. That's how we live. I mean, my husband and I and every, there's car, a card I saw today. There's nobody else I'd rather lie in bed next to and look at our phones than you. And it's so true. That's just, that's what you do for millennials. And I don't think boomers like my father do that as much. Um, he puts his phone away at the end of the day. It's not I'd probably fall asleep on it. Or yeah, something. but I mean, or, no, okay. I'm pumped about this generation. They are trying to hold the government accountable. They are the first people now to say, that's not cool. Don't bully someone. Don't say that. And yeah, the boomers might make fun of the whole safe spaces and the, the word bullying that gets thrown around all the time. But if we're working to, to whatever, coddle kids a little bit more and protect their feelings and work towards them having good mental health and why not? That's I think, awesome. I think people have good intentions, you know, you know, and every generation has to feel it's different because every every generation has to feel that they're empowered and that they can get things done. And, you know, that's something we need to encourage. Look, you know, Harry and I have had some 
had some conversations recently oh. about just, you, you, you know, her whole thing is, you know, support your argument with facts. Use more facts. And then we, whole- we disagree on what the definition of a fact is. So it makes it hard. Fake news. <laughs> But, you know, my whole thing, though, and, and look, the, the, you know, I think what we're finding through this podcast is that, you know, you know, I don't say it takes a village, but. but <laughs> He's quoting I, Hillary, I, people. I oh, my God. Oh, my God. Where am I going? But, you know, it takes some intergenerational understanding and respect here. Yes. And look, you know. I tell her, I'm going to give my view because I have more in my brain because I've been around so long. <laughs> he told me, you know. and I quote, I don't need to cite sources. I am the source. <laughs> Does that sound familiar to any of your boomers oh out there? Oh, my God. Do you say that to your kids? Do you say that to your grandchildren? I heard you a may. conversation today. I was Christmas shopping at the mall, and uh, I heard a conversation behind me with the father and daughter who were shopping for gifts together for their mother. And God, it reminded me of me and my dad going to shop for stuff. He just kept telling his daughter, you just need to remember things. You need to remember things and get what your mom likes, because I'm not going to remember it. And you need to do this. And, you know, just, it, it was just, it was like I was talking to my dad. <laughs> it was just- we, we got a lot of things on this show. One is, is political differences. We have age differences. We have just Male, female things, and you know, look, you whatever know, that means. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, but but look, I have two daughters, you know, 24 and 27, and a and lovely son who was adopted. I have a male dog. I, I have a you know, I I, I have a uh, a son-in-law, Paul, and and a, and a female cat. So so Real definitely, <laughs> you know, she's my baby. Like, you know, um, Chloe, she's, she's great. But, 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 but anyway, so what this show is really about is, you know, part of it, I think, is understanding. Part of it's understanding the difference. Part of it's understanding yourself. You know, because look, I mean, a couple of people have said in the comment portion here, <laughs> you know, don't let your dad, you know, muscle in on your or bully you. And I'm not trying to. It's, <laughs> it's just the way I am. And, and you know, I tell Harriet, I mean, and look, I've, I have all these views which I want to get out. And Harriet's like, you got to stick to the facts. And, and as she said, we've, we've had a conversation about what are the facts? Who's the fake news, Harriet? They don't see it in front of my eyes. It's not a fact. What people say, it's not a fact. I'm like, okay, then what, is, what am I going to quote? What's left? <laughs> <laughs> what do I have? <laughs> when I grew up, though, like a lot of people here. Uh, <laughs> my dad has a deep distrust of a lot of things. I, maybe I just don't have that. I mean, look, let's just talk about it. And this is a subtopic here, what, what we're doing. But, you know, you know, you know, news, you know, sources for me it used to be the newspaper. And, and in all honesty, you know, when I grew up, we probably had, you know, there were three main channels on TV, ABC, NBC, and CBS. Everybody watched it. Everybody. What was, yeah, we had a certain number of channels. Well, well, well what was good about, you know, sort of TV then was that you pretty much listened to this. You saw the same shows. And so you could comment on the same shows. And, and, you know, over time we had more local channels than that. And then once cable came, it just like was an explosion. And now, I mean, with, with the, the web and with, uh, with just social media, we have such an explosion of information. So, and, and Howard pointed this out to me, like, you know, you know, look, I'm like a lot of old, old, old codgers out there. I only watch, I only listen to Fox News. And Breitbart. And I just, you know, I just listened to Rush or I used to listen to uh, Carl DeMaio when he was on Rush Limbaugh. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought and it so, sounded like a band for a second. Well, it was a band. Rush was, was, was a band in the yeah. 70s and 80s. I guess 70s mostly. But, uh, but you know, so, you know, and we have to watch that confirmation bias. That was in I Love You, Man, by the way. I just remember yeah, it. I mean, about Rush. I mean, we have to watch out for that. And look. Thank you. He's quoting me and, now. And I, I am quoting her. I listen bias. to her. See, this is the same thing you do with your kids. You may not tell them right up front, 
But you, you know, it's like when you talk to your kids and they, and the happiest moment for a parent is when, you know, your, your kid is saying something to somebody else them. and they're repeating what you said. My dad said this to me oh, the other day. He was so like, cool. you were listening all those years? You listened? <laughs> yes, so look, of course. So, so just in, you know, some, <laughs> some basic human values we bring into this whole political debate, you know, it, it is listening. And, 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 and it's understanding that you don't know everything. And, and you know, Harris says to me, you have I'm a really so high I'm degree of confidence. I'm so glad I'm getting this on air. Yes, I, I say this to my dad all the time. <laughs> you have a very high degree of confidence. I would say up there with President Trump <laughs> level of self-esteem. And I don't have that. That was not Amen. instilled in me. It's huge. I mean, I don't know how. He should teach a master class on this. I mean, he doesn't take criticism. He's like, that's their problem. It's not mine. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, and, and the fact that Harry and the same family, we do love each other, it helps. Here he because, wasn't, because like that wasn't a fact there. <laughs> no, but it, but it <laughs> does. the same family. No. But, it, but it does help. I think it does help us, you know, you know in this process. And, and look, the, the, truthful, the truth of the matter is, Harriet, my generation is building this up and holding it on and you're going to your generation gets it all and then you're going to build it up for but do we want it all for, i don't know <laughs> for gen z and everything else but no no and but the problem is my generation is feeling like we're getting it you know you know we have to take care of the older people we have to take care of ourselves we have to take care of the younger people and, and, and you know that's why i reacted about with that, Greta. With that i think it triggered you what the 16 year old girl said it's like Come on, lady. I'm doing everything no, I can. No, I got that. And that was I'm a, and we haven't played I'm trying to be a good citizen. I'm trying to be a good dad. Nasty, but it was a very visceral response from my dad. Like he was, and, it, and it's, it's what the emoji is or the, the gift that people say, <laughs> triggered. Like he was triggered. It touched him. You know, it's like immigration triggers me, but it may not be for the reason you guys, some of you may think. It's, it, it's for different reasons, you know, because yeah. with immigration, I really do believe that we need full participating citizens in this country. We don't need half citizens. We don't need people who, who live in the shadows. And when I bring something... That sounds so sketchy, by the way. Who's living in the shadows? Well, essentially, we 11 million illegal aliens, or some people oh, would say... Oh, you're talking about undocumented yeah, people. Yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, they're the term, she says one, I say the other. But that's okay. We're, but we I at least know like who we're talking people about. People shouldn't be illegal. Like, I, no, no, I, don't know. I like undocumented. I agree. I agree. But, but this is leading us into one of our next topics. It's voting integrity versus voting suppression. Yeah, please talk about that. This yeah, is your, so your oh, so let me know. So, so look, I, you know, I spend my free time whenever I have that. I help out on political, on conservative, you know, Republican political causes, and one of the big causes I help lead sometimes is really this whole issue of voting integrity. And, and, and to me, the voting process, you know, every every. Legal voters vote counts. That's the that's a saying of a group called the Election Integrity Project California. Great group of people. Go out, look at their web, website. Uh, I think it's uh, eipca.com or .org. I forget what it is. But but you know it's a if group. It sends you somewhere weird. That's not it. No, that's not <laughs> it. But, but you know it's a group of people who are dedicated. It's you know some lawyers, some uh, some people who have been civil servants or paralegals or, or just people who who you know, who we should admire, who are individual citizens who do this on their own free time with their own money, who go out and who try to protect the integrity of the voting system. And believe me, when I was a Democrat, you know, I wanted to protect this as, you know, you know, as a Republican, I want to do this. But but there was a newsletter which comes out every Friday. It's, it comes out from, from a group uh, 
uh, it's called Voting Rights Project or something like that. It's a it's a, a conservative group, but but what they always monitor is really you know um, uh, states where you we have to show ID and and in states where there's mandatory uh, mandatory voter registration. So let's let's maybe talk about a couple issues here. So so some states have a process where. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to vote. It's a voluntary voter process. Well, what do you mean? You don't have to vote in any state. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. Voter registration. Oh, okay. So, so you choose whether you want to register to vote. And in some states, like California. Wait, what it, do you mean by that? How can you? Yeah, sorry. sorry I'm no, 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 no. So, so in, in, in the way it used to be. So you don't what? have to. So some places you can just vote without actually registering. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Let me explain that. Sorry. So I, I didn't explain that well. So in some, some states have a system whereby you're not automatically registered to vote when you get a driver's license or, oh, okay. or you do something with the government. Like you California. Ch- yeah. Well, no, no. California's a, 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 a mandatory voter registration. But when I got my license, though, oh, because I wasn't 18. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so, but in, so in others, in a lot of states, though, it is, it, it is, you know, a, a voluntary voter registration. If you want to vote, you, you go into the, the registrar voters in your community and you fill out a form or you maybe do it online and you say, you know, here's my information. I'm an American citizen. Here's my address. And then, you know, I'd like to to identify as a as a member of a Democrat or Republican Party or 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 decline the state or or some minor party like like the Green Party or Libertarian Party or some of those. And, and in other states, though, you have mandatory voter registration whereby, you know, uh, uh, if you if anything you do with the government, for example, such as when you get a driver's license, you, you know you are registered to vote, and then you you get to choose what you want to do, uh, what 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 party you you'd like to identify with. And in California, is even taking it to the extreme. California even registers sixteen and seventeen year olds to vote. So really? yeah, so so is that relatively new? Yeah, they're they're pre-registering people to vote. What does that even mean? Well, exactly. What does that mean? So, so how, how can you pre-register to vote? Like, what is it? Well, you register or you're not? well, if if you're if you get a driver's license, okay. you are registered to vote at that. I mean, you have you you are signed up. Do you pick up a party at that time? You have that choice. Damn, that's crazy. So, so I chose yeah. at eighteen in my dorm, just like everyone yeah. else. I feel yeah, like. So, so the, the the second part of voting, then, you know, a big issue today is really uh, voter ID. Should you present some type of identification when you go to vote or at you... the polls when you vote or, or if you, you vote register. online or... I don't if think you, you can vote online. You can mail uh, it. You either do it in person I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if some states have that. Yeah, yeah. Or as Harriet said, or you, uh, or you do mail... Uh, yeah, if you're a mail-in state, voter. Yeah. So look, so one of the problems with the voting process, one of the things that, you know, that, that the registrar of voters and... And, you know, the, the, the secretaries of state for the various states, you know, want to make sure is that there's integrity, is that if you vote, that your vote counts and that people who are not eligible to vote, you know, cannot vote. And so and so, you know, you know, each of the parties right now have differences of opinion on certain key areas. For example, the Democratic Party, you know, a lot of the secretaries of state who are Democratic believe that. You should have as many people registered to vote as you can. So they believe that that by doing that, it's fairer for uh, for the population uh, because in their in their view, there's no voter suppression at that point. You know, the Republican Party believes that every legal voter should count, and that and that 
a lot of times if you have systems, for example, where, where the, the, the Department of, of, motor, of, of motor Vehicles registers you to vote, they feel that those agencies are not don't have the safeguards you know, in process to determine that you are eligible to vote at the time. And so, and so, you know, one of the things that, that Republicans argue today is that there are too many people who are dead, who are illegal aliens, or, 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 or who don't live in a district, or who may be felons. In a, in a lot of states, felons, you know, even felons can't vote, and even ex-felons can't vote. And that's another issue which we deal with here. And so what the Republicans and conservatives point out is that, look, you know, in, 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 for example, I think it was Los Angeles County alone, you know, you had 130,000 people who were either dead or don't live there, who were 130, felons. 130,000 people in, in Los, where? Los Angeles County Jeez. who should not be on the rolls. And so the Voting Rights Act. And, and who, who voted? Uh, well, some voted and, and, and some didn't. But the Voting Rights Act, I think it was, I don't know if this is 1968 or, or what, but the Voting Rights Act. Yeah, it was 19, good job. Well, well, but the Voting Rights Act requires, and the Voting Rights Act and amendments to it, require that the, that the secretaries of state for each state purge from the voting rolls people who are not eligible to vote. You know, why do we do that? Well, in America, you know, and in these states, we don't want people who are not eligible to vote voting. And one of the reasons it's a big deal in California right now is because California allows ballot harvesting. In the old days, ballot harvesting was not allowed. Let me define ballot harvesting. So under the law today in California, I can go to an old folks home and I can get people, I can say, hey, sign here. Uh, you know, I'd like you to, you know, you know, mark this box. I want you to sign up here. Or I can go to a college and say, hey, here are ballots. Yeah, you, you, you don't need to worry. Sign up here. And so one person can take in as many, as many ballots as, as they can. One of the problems with that is the whole voting process, you know, you know both sides, I think, believe that the, that the voting process needs to be fair and it needs to be valid. So if you think about it, you know, in California, uh, you know, I, I think more people now vote vote by mail ballot uh, than actually show in up, yeah. uh, you know, at a polling place on the day to vote. But let's hit both of those. So the polling place, you know, you think about it. When, when you do a credit card tra- transaction, people sometimes ask you for ID. They want to make sure that you are who you well, are. Yeah. So, I don't think I've ever been asked for ID at voting. Well, well, this is an issue right now, and, and, and it's a big issue. You know, in some states, some states believe that you should show a valid ID uh, that may have your address, may have your picture. And, and, and you know, when you go into a voting uh, uh, place, you know, uh, you know polling uh, station. a polling station, what it will have is, is, is there will be poll workers there where you will have – well, they'll have a big list of people who live in that precinct. So, yeah. so you're really not allowed to vote in a precinct. Sometimes you're allowed to cast a provisional ballot in a precinct. I where you don't have, have messed up and gone to the wrong precinct before. Yeah, I think yeah, a lot of people well, do. Well, and, and, and sometimes they they chase you away and they say, you "Oh, yeah, they told me you can't vote here. Yeah, you have yeah. to go to your own place." But 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 in, in some places you can give a provisional ballot. Yeah, a provisional ballot <laughs> is not counted on that day, but no, it, after. but. But they have to then verify your signature later on and go through a process. So, so one of the problems, though, if you think about it, I think the um, the Republicans though believe that you should show ID, your name should be matched to people on the list, and that you should then be able to go 
into a secure voting booth and you should be able to vote, you know, without any interruption or, or you know, and nobody should, should be there saying you have to vote here. Now, some people believe that requiring an ID is either racist or or it, they it, think they use the word they used was anti-immigrant, well, which I don't anti-immigrant. Really, I and I'm a Democrat, and I I've done a lot of research into this, and I've I've tried to figure out exactly kind of how I feel about it, and I, it kind of led into a deeper discussion of sanctuary cities and all that kind of stuff um, in terms of like the criminality of being an undocumented immigrant. And so basically, what I can gather is it's technically a civil crime, not a criminal one. And my dad disagrees, and he's a lawyer, obviously, so that there's but from what I can tell, that that's what people say. And so I don't understand why people who aren't citizens are being given the right to vote in, in any oh, way. Oh, no. I, and I just, that, I that, I'm totally. sorry. And I, if you're not paying taxes and if you're not legally residing here, I don't think personally you should be allowed to vote in elections. Yeah, well, and my mom, I mean, you can talk yeah, about mom. Yeah. Mom immigrated from, I mean, from England, yeah. which is not like, you know, running away from anything. She married my dad, but she wasn't able to vote for She was what? running towards something much better. <laughs> so running towards something much better. <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. <laughs> the Pledge of Allegiance and the American flag. Just no. imagine me and a woman who, who, who looks like Bo Derek running on a beach. <laughs> She's running towards me. Mom will love that. But she couldn't vote for like two years, right? Until yeah. she became a legal yeah, citizen. Yeah, and, and, and so, so just so we're clear, in a federal election, you have to be a U.S. citizen. If you are caught voting, in well, a crime. Fed, if you are caught, it is a it is a it is a felony, yeah. and you can be deported, and you can be in prison, and you can be deported. I don't know why you'd want to vote here if you aren't a legal citizen. Though. Well, you see, I don't blame essentially the those you know, the, 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 the illegal aliens themselves, or as you say, immigrants. You know, I believe the people who want to go out and harvest their other ballots because look. Both sides have activists who want to get as many votes as they can, and they don't care where they get them from. But, but so look, so 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 uh, I just want to mention too. Then so you know, so when people talk about voter integrity, the you know the, the Democrats or or the left actually start talking about voter suppression. Uh, so, so so they say that any of these efforts to kick people off the, off the rolls is actually trying to suppress voters. So look, we have two sides going going at each other here. The truth of the matter is. You know, you know. This is my opinion. You know, is that the the Department of Motor Vehicles is not it's not a voting. It's, the DMV doesn't get anything yeah. done. Yeah, Let's I mean, be real I mean, here. And, and putting more duties on the DMV doesn't go. They anywhere. got enough shit to do, people. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look in California right now, we are having so many problems with the DMV and voting. And, and it's and Alex, and Secretary said Alex Padilla, it is a mess. And a lot of it is because of you and because of. Uh, is it? Uh, yeah, okay. and because of of Governor uh, Gavin Newsom and. Ugh. And he used to be, hey, with, Gavin. Uh, and he used to be with a <laughs> lieutenant governor, and, and it is a mess. And it is a this is our is, Hey Gavin moment. It, it is, yeah. Hey Gavin, hey Gavin. <laughs> you, you know our voting system is broken, and, and honestly, guys, the California voting system should be under the jurisdiction of the Federal Justice Department uh, because I, I and a lot of Republicans and conservatives and some Democrats do not believe that you know we don't trust the system the way it is right now. But I doesn't trust much, much of anything. I'm hard. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's. We've been talking a while here. Let, yeah, let's just maybe uh, let's just maybe wrap up just yeah. just a couple of quick issues here. So so some bullet point issues. Uh, so you had mentioned about Joe Biden this week about yes. uh, about it coming. I feel out like this that, could be uh, a whole other podcast. We can mention honest, a little bit about it, but just, we can just touch on it. Yeah. So uh, this is something. Yeah, I'll I'll take this. So during the Democratic debate, um, basically Sarah Huckabee Sanders 
made a kind of nasty uh, tweet about making fun of Joe Biden's stutter. And I, she claimed she didn't know he had a stutter and she later deleted the tweet. But Joe Biden's spoken out against this. And this is something people don't really necessarily know about him. But he's struggled with a stutter for a very long time. And he says he's had it under control. He feels like he has it under control now. But when he's tired, it still comes out a little bit and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, many people don't. And it, I honestly, honestly started crying last night just because it, it hit such a soft spot for me, which is obviously my dad. And he actually has dealt with a stutter his entire life. So that was just something I think that's worth touching on. But I'll, I'll let my dad take it from here. Yeah, Senator, um, I'm sorry, for, uh, former Vice President Biden, you know, look, you're from the Anthracite Coal region, originally from Scranton, I'm from Shemokin, so good on you there. And I think, as I mentioned, I voted for you a couple of times in the primaries. Uh, you didn't move out of it at that time, but that's okay. Uh, secondly, I'm a stutterer, you, you know, and, uh, you know, I understand what it's like. And, and you know, when you put yourself in the public forum, people are going to criticize you and they're going to say things. But, you know, it doesn't mean it's right. So, so uh, you know, I'm glad that people came out against that. And I'm, and I'm glad Sir Huckabee Sanders stood up and said, I'm wrong. And, and she apologized. But, you know, if anybody's a stutterer out there, I can say one of the things uh, Harriet uh, told me about uh, former Vice President Biden was that he... He has a nonprofit right now where he encourages uh, uh, stutterers uh, to go into politics. And, and, and he talks to kids who say to him, like, I how am I ever going to go into yeah. politics or, or speak on stage? Yeah. Like, I can't even order at a restaurant with my stutter. And so he encourages them. And I think that that's absolutely wonderful. Let me say, if you're a stutterer out there, the best place in the, in the world to go for treatment is Holland's College, uh, uh, the Holland's College Research Institute in uh in uh, in in uh, Roanoke, Virginia, and and you know what you know uh, as Harriet said, and I've lost jobs because of my stutter. I didn't get things, you know. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. But you know, you can't look back on stuff. But at the same he time, he gets up every morning and he practices. At the same every time, you know, I practice fifteen twenty minutes a day, and I'm always watching my speech. And you may hear sometimes when I'm tired, but you know. I just say to people with stutterers, you know, stutterers like anybody else. You know, you got smart ones, you got dumb ones. But, you know, if a, if, <laughs> just to be blunt. <laughs> but you know That's what, so though? Impressive. If somebody is willing to get up in front of a crowd and speak, or and if somebody is willing to, to take on this tough job as a politician or government leader, have, have the, you know, have the, you know, have the decency to hear them out. Okay? So. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, we... So, Joe, good on you there. Uh, keep going. Uh, thank you for standing up for people who stutter, obviously, yeah. and, and validating them and letting them know that they can still do great things and, and speak on stage and, and all of that sort of stuff. My dad now gives presentations on stage to thousands of people. Yeah. He talks at all of these events. I've heard so many speeches from him. And if you got a problem with me with stuttering... Go find something else to do. Find somebody else to do. I thought it was going to be much more vicious. <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. <laughs> I, just remember, <laughs> I was ready to Just remember, I'm the, son of, you know, I'm the son of the grandson of coal miners. So, hey, I, He's got that I, coal I, cracker language. We got that coal cracker language. <laughs> we, the truth is, we don't give a crap sometimes. No, you guys do not give a flying leap at <laughs> all. We go for the juggler. So, so I'll tell you what. Let's wrap up this yeah. one. But, do you want to talk about China at all really quick? Yeah, no, maybe not this we, time. Okay. Maybe you can take it next time. But, but you know, so, so look. Harry and I, you know, so we've had probably, you know, I, I think we put up about 11 or 12 so far. We have three, which 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 we were, you know, which have some content. Three or four, honestly. Three or four where we're getting mad. So we're. We're. We're getting yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, one is definitely you. Three are probably <gasps> me. So- 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, you know, so. My dad lost his shit talking about DACA. But in any case. white privilege. We're going to have, we're going to put up something, a very quick survey on our site to say, do you want to see those? On our Instagram page and on our Facebook. Yeah, I know. On the line. It'll be on the line. We're not sure where. We're going to put it up, though. But it's on the line. And just vote. And just let us know if you want to hear those. Some people have said, you know, if we want to hear a father and daughter. I'll just go talk to my own father. <laughs> if we want to hear a father and daughter yelling at each other, we'll just talk. But, but if you want to hear them and if you want to see maybe some mistakes we make in this dialogue and the like, we'll gladly put them up. You know, you know because, look, we're working on it like everybody it else. It has we're taken trying. tears and yelling and that's just been my dad. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, I get so emotional. <laughs> but no, I mean, I feel like today, honestly, was the most respectful, supportive, kind, we and learned. legitimate we podcast learned. ever. And I am so happy we right learned. now. And I feel like we should end it on this note before, before I accidentally it, say the wrong thing. Before we blow it again. But so, and, and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I say one more shoot. I shoot out here. So, you know, our goal is to have a, a, uh, a summer running one for- more what? Well, a, a, you know, a shootout, a, a show out. I don't even know what the hell I'm saying anymore. Sorry about that. A shout out. I'm sorry. We're trying to find the word to shoot. I don't think. Hey, I'm a late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer. What the hell? <laughs> but you know, so so look, if you want to come on the show, on the podcast, we'd love to have you on. You know, Who are you talking to? Anybody? We're talking to everybody here. So you know, Democrats, Republicans, Independents. Please, Democrats, you know, I need you. Green Party. Yeah, we need some Democrats in the show. Come on, Nathan Dems. Fletcher. I am talking to you, sir. Nathan, we'll give you one more time, and then we're gonna go to somebody you. else. I you. Uh, okay. So, but anyway, guys. Uh, we so had a great time with this. This, is, this has been today. a lot of fun. So fun. this, this is a real good, good one. So, so getting into the Christmas season. Oh, feeling our festive and and everything else. Uh, Merry yeah. Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah to you guys. You guys, Happy Holidays. You, you, you know, people don't know what to wish. Yeah, everybody <laughs> thinks I'm Jewish. It's okay. It's all right. You know, it's, but, I got a little bit. And whatever so. else you celebrate this this holiday season, we hope you have a safe time with family and friends. A wonderful time. And one thing my dad and I can talk about too, and it's something that people have commented on is. Uh, and these were some comments that made me sad. People said, "Oh, it's so nice that you and your daughter spend this much time together." My daughter and son like can't even be bothered to call me, and I miss them. And I'm call like, your oh. parents, unless your parents are awful, which I doubt they call are. Your parents. Call your parents. And parents, if your kids take the time to call you, don't bulldoze answer them with them. your political facts that's and right. answer them. Uh, just spend time with the people you love this holiday season. That's what it's all about. We love you guys. We will see you in the new year with new episodes. Um, we'll probably launch about two in the next, you know, before the new year. But happy holidays. And we hope you guys happy have a Happy holidays, everybody. Merry right. Christmas. All the best. Bye. Bye.